it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Just sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. And it's just like fuckery when your views come over me. Oh baby, I got a dependency When I grab my stores and dash them in your eye And I fuck Honey, when you're fu- I've got to think of that one Yeah, I've got to think of that one A little bit more, but I, I like it And it's just like fuck When you start talking over me oh 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 baby i got a dependency to dash my straws into your eyes for your fuckeries oh wow that was it you know sometimes you just have to like do it again yeah if at first you don't succeed don't try again because i'll bust you in your throat okay thanks so much (laughs) <laughs> welcome welcome to another episode of sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum and it is me Kalechi, here in the place to be uh i can't help it i'm gonna say it i'm very happy to be here it's not feeling too difficult at the moment to record these episodes so you're getting them weekly when I can't do it weekly, obviously I'll let you man know, but so far so good, you know, like, you know, when Lev is fed, I'm like, you know what, let me just drive over and see if I can record one young episode, so I'm loving it so far, and me, I'm the kind of person that I like consistency, I hate, I absolutely hate it when people start something, and I see so many people do it, a lot of Virgos do this actually, they'll have all these grand ideas, and they'll be like, oh, I want to start this thing, or I'm going to do this thing, and it looks lit, because they always come up with great ideas, and then after like, I don't know, a month, two weeks, you either don't hear about the idea again, or they drop it off, and they're like, "Mm, yeah, okay, moving to the next thing, so sorry Virgos, I really don't know why I just came for you there, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, my spirit just said, come for the Virgos, really sorry, I don't know, sorry about that, sorry about that, but um, yeah, I'm someone that likes consistency, it really bugs my spirit if I'm not able to do something that I said I would be doing, Um, so yeah, so here, here I am, here I am recording another episode, and I'm just gonna get straight into the things, because my week has been just it's been a week in it. It's just been a week. Um, I actually went to try um, an aerial straps class again after not having done aerial straps for so long. If you don't know what aerial straps is, it's another aerial discipline, just like pole dance, just like silks, uh, trapeze. It's another circus kind of skill. And it's one that I really, really took to. I really loved it because it let me use my strength in such a beautiful, sexy way. Obviously it fucks up your wrist. Like 
because the straps are wrapped around your wrist and that's where you hold all of your weight. So basically the material over time just rubs away at your skin. So when I was doing this regularly, I just per like I just had permanent like black marks on my wrist. So people have been like, uh, what's doing this one? Is she is she doing 50 shades of, of, of grey? Is she doing 50 shades of purple? So yeah, but I've, I truly, really, uh, truly, truly enjoyed it. And I ended up stopping when I had to open the Clapton studio. So that was like three years ago. Yeah, I ended up stopping because obviously I had to, before being able to hire teachers, I had to do all of the classes myself, teach all the classes myself. So as well as do um, my side you know, my job, I, did, I never considered the day job that I did, like my job, I considered that my side hustle. So I, I was working at City University at the time as well. So it, I just didn't have the time or the energy. And my favorite teacher, Baldo, he was always based in like them Hammersmith sides, them West sides and West side, sorry. Um, yeah, he was always based in those sides and I just couldn't be reaching him there. So eventually I had to just like stop doing it even though I was doing really really well like I was doing incredibly well so the other night I just thought you know what let me go you know let me book onto a class I booked onto a class near um Southwark station um I went there and it was all right like not everybody can be boldo in it not everybody you know like when you know a teacher is sick it's hard for other people to measure up I know a lot of students feel that way about me <laughs> yeah no but seriously like if you are really really about your teaching your craft it's really hard for other people to top you because they can know the things but knowing the things and relaying it and teaching other people is a skill like teaching is like a skill it's a calling not everyone can do it so yeah I went to the class and it was okay for the most part. I mean, I enjoyed being back on the straps. My wrists didn't hurt as much as I thought that they would. It was just very humbling that like, I couldn't do the things that I'm used to doing in terms of, you know, when I engage my core to like do a meat hook or all of these things, but I have to be patient. And that is the main thing. And that's the main thing that my therapist, Emma spoke with me about just you know, I mentioned last week that I'm existing in this space where I'm still figuring out what this identity of mine is and that I should allow myself space to do that. But also it's like how I disengage with my body. And it's reminiscent of probably how I disengage with my body when I was younger or disassociated with my body. Um, because it's not doing what I want it to do, you know? And 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 that's that's a major thing. It's not doing what I want it to do. So I'm just like, well, until it does what I want to do, I'm not really going to inhabit it the way that I should. So yeah, that's that's that was something. And so Emma set me a task, set me homework. She's always setting me fucking homework, like I'm five. But homework is good. Obviously, I like I like homework and Emma's the best. But um, she set me homework and she wanted me to dance, do a pole dance routine naked in my studio. She was like, well, you said you feel beautiful when you dance and when you pole dance. So that's your challenge. You know, usually to my clients, I might tell them to stand naked in front of the mirror, but you've got a studio and it's got mirrors. So I want you to do a pole dance routine naked. And I was like, oh God. So she was like, yeah, preferably when no one's at the studio. And I was like, no shit, Emma, of course not. Imagine like the students just coming in. I just wanted to get some what? And then just seeing you there with your, with your minge hanging out. So, 
Um, I'm yet to do the task. I'm yet to do the homework. But when I do, I'll let you know how I get on. But I know the reason I've put it off is just like, oh, God, this body. But actually, this morning after having that conversation with her this morning i woke up and instead of like saying my usual prayers to you know god and my spirit guides and my an um, ancestors and things like that and the deities that watch uh, watch over me i also prayed to my body and i just thanked my body because you know the other day i went for a run it was a very difficult challenging run but i did it um you know, and I was able to grow Lev and give birth to him and just do all of these things, you know, and sometimes I think we take our bodies for granted and the body is living, you know, it's a living thing, not just because you're living in it, but you know, each cell that makes up your body is a living thing in itself. You're a culmination of life, of different lives, you know, so I had to just really say thank you to my body and affirm my body and apologize to my body for the way that I talk sometimes because I just feel like if certain men talk to me the way that I talk to my body, I would have rocked their jaw. When I tell you, I want to rock with you, rock your jaw, rock it to, uh, rock it to the floor. Yeah. So I would have rocked their jaw, but somehow it's okay for me to talk about myself in that way. It's not cool. So that when I did that, I just felt very emotional accepting that there is a better way to, to interact with myself. And we're just all on this journey, you know, and I think that transparency is key. Honesty is key. It's all one thing to be like, I'm a bad bitch. I'm a bad bitch. But tell the, tell the truth, tell the other truths as well. Um, and so, yeah, the straps class was good. Um, I'll go back. I'll go back. But, you know, like I said, nobody can be boldo. Um, and we'll see how I get on. We'll see if, um, you know, I continue to like it. But the main thing I want to get back to, like I said, is uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, not blowjob juniors. Um, so, yeah, I want to get back to that. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's get into the tarot for this week. This tarot this week is interesting. And I think that again, you know, I'm always talking about how my energy sometimes feeds into this and it's as much of a self drag as it is a collective drag. Um, but it's always loving, always kind, always um, timely. So the first card that came up in the tarot this week is a major arcana card, which is interesting because last week, I don't think we really had that. So the major arcana card we have is the chariot in reverse. So this is the eighth card in the of the, you know the tarot deck but um it's number seven so anyway because you know the fall is zero so the chariot we see an image of um a person a figure in their chariot and it's going forward and we've got like you know the is it the sphinx well those egyptian kind of cats yeah in front as well one black one white so that's at the front and then there, there's a curtain above the figure's head that's got stars. And also there's a star about, um, on the crown on the figure's head as well. So very celestial, very, um, that's what it's telling us. And I think there's hieroglyphics on the kind of the bottom half of what the figure is wearing. And they've got like a golden press, a breastplate on and the shoulder plates are made of moon, um, of crescent moons. So just a beautiful it's a beautiful, beautiful card. So we see the chariot and the chariot's in reverse. And the first thing I think is like, okay, 
Like, you know, when I mentioned that some people can't move forward last week or, you know, this opportunity has come and they just like, mm, I'm not in the mood. I, I, I'm not feeling within myself to embrace it. The chariot is speaking to something else where it's just like either things aren't moving as fast as you want them to go in your life or you just feel like you can't move, like you can't go forward. You can't muster the energy to keep going. So I just want to send some of you love as you're listening to this. I want to send you a massive like a podcast hug. Um, that's if you like people being in your space. I know I don't like people being in my space and touching me. But um, anyway, sending you a massive hug because it's you want to move the energies that you want to, but you just don't have the energy to, or you're frustrated and that frustration is hurting your feelings deeply because things aren't moving the way that you want them to. Things aren't going as fast as you want them to. And it's really bothering you. But it's fine. It's totally fine because another major arcana card came out and it's the justice card in reverse. So the justice card in reverse again is saying to me like, you feel hard done by, you feel hard done by and you're thinking like none of this is going the way that you expected it to go. None of this is going how you want it to go. So you're not throwing a tantrum. I wouldn't call it that because it doesn't feel childish. You just feel a bit down like rah. I thought my life would be somewhere else by now. I thought by now with the talent that I have and with all my resourcefulness, like I'm not a dickhead out here, like with all the things that I know I can do and the way that I do them, surely I should be somewhere else by now. Um, and then the card that comes out after that is the Knight of Wands. And I always find the Knight of Wands interesting because I've always seen it in my head that he's going in the wrong direction. And it's funny because also here we have pyramids at the, in the background of the Knight of Wands as well, which tells me that, you know, I mentioned the um, the chariot and seeing that um, Egyptian vibe, vibe in the chariot and then seeing the pyramids in the Knight of Wands. And what that's telling me is that there's energy coming towards you because if you saw the way that the cards were placed on my table right now, you'd see that the, the Knight of Wands is charging towards justice in reverse and charging towards chariot in reverse, which tells me that there's an energy coming in that's going to flip either your perception of everything or um, just give you um, rejuvenate you, give you a new energy. But also it's like, I'm always saying, be careful what you wish for, because the Knight of Wands does not fucking play. Like they are ready to go. Like, even if you look at the wand that the Knight is holding, you can see leaves sprouting. Like they, they are about growth. You know, the Knight is about growth. So when the Knight hits, nobody can say, oh, I'm tired. That wasn't, I didn't know you were coming like a thief in the night. Yeah. Like, I know that's what they say about, um, Jesus coming back. But things are about to change in a major way. There's going to be lots of action in your life. And then suddenly things aren't going to be slow anymore. And you'll realize that you weren't hard done by that. Everything was happening at the specific pace that it was meant to happen. So all of that was happening to give you a chance to either catch your breath or to get things in order. Like I know for me, my admin isn't done. You know, every year the fucking taxes catch me off guard like doing my taxes like or do my bookkeeping rather because I've got an accountant but just like doing 
keeping a track of that receipt, this receipt. And I've even got a fucking app on my phone that every time I have a receipt, I just need to take a picture of it and it's logged. It gets instantly logged with whatever bank transaction um, it, it's linked to. So there are things in place that actually help me do the things, but I'm just like, mm, I'll do it later. And then it mounts up and it mounts up. Meanwhile, I'm still the same person that's like, when are this person gonna do this and, and action this? And when's this person gonna action this? Because they need to hurry up because I've got things to achieve. Meanwhile, I haven't done my admin. So this is just a reminder that big hugs to you, big hugs to you. I know that you feel hard done by. I know that it feels like things are slow or that you don't have the energy to keep going or that things don't have, aren't possessing the energy that you want them to, to go forward. Or you feel like you should be somewhere else right now, that you should have gone further than you are right now. I'm telling you that something's round the corner. Something is round the corner. Energy's around the corner. That's literally going to flip this the other way and you better be ready. Nobody should come and cry and beg when that energy flips, you know? So this isn't, this is basically out of your control. A lot of things are, you know, in our lives, but this is out of your control. This is something that I think that our spirit guides, your, um, your angels, God has done because it's like, um, it's been held back. It's been held back because when it's released, it's all going to be released as like a whoosh in terms of blessings, in terms of opportunities, but it's being held back for a specific time. Just because you see other people's time arriving does not mean that your own time will not arrive. Yeah. This is being held back. And I think that this is a message that's come through before. It's been held back to be because everything has to happen in a divinely um, ordered way. There are people out there right now that are going to benefit from the things that you do. There are people out there that you're going to bless from your own blessing, but they also need to be in a position for you to meet them or for your blessing to impact them. So it's not just about you. And and this is what I mentioned last week about me not thinking about myself as a who and thinking about myself as a what, because in that what I exist in the grand scheme of things. So it's not just um, my blessing in isolation. None of our blessings are in isolation and we should never pray that our blessing should even be in isolation because a blessing is only a blessing if it blesses others, right? So your blessing is going to impact other people and they need to be in the positions that they should be in for all of this to play out. Let's look at Issa Rae, an awkward black girl. So she was doing awkward black girl on YouTube, doing her little show. Like um, she was doing this humbly, you know, grinding away, grinding away, grinding away. Meanwhile, Yvonne Orji, who plays Molly, she's somewhere else in her life, like trying to figure out like, oh, but I want to be a comedian, but I want to perform. I want to do these things. Meanwhile, her parents are like, no, you must go and get this degree. You have to do this. You have to do that. So both of them are living their life separately, haven't met living their life separately, doing what they're doing, not knowing that the journey that they're both on was a journey that was going to bring them together and insecure would be created. Like, that's just an example. I don't even know why that came to me, like that example of Americans, but I enjoy insecure. But the reason I gave that example is because right now you're somebody's destiny helper and somebody else is also your destiny helper, but everybody has to be positioned. Everyone has to go through life experiences that prepares them for that moment of glory. Because that's when, you know, when, when that opportunity comes, everybody has to be ready. And so that's why I feel like it's been held back. It's not so much about you 
as it is about the grand scheme of blessings and how everything works in tandem with everything else. So hang tight, my G, hang tight, baby girls, baby boys, baby non-binaries, hold tight because everything is working as it should. And I told you that as well before, like you are exactly where you need to be in a trajectory of your success. Like there are lessons to be learned. So rather than like trying to exist in a fantasy world until the real world a world meets your expectations really sit in the knowledge really sit in being present in this real world right now because there are omens there are there are messages that are being sent to you I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you this like you listening to the podcast right now but I'm sure somebody else or something else has happened you've seen little signs or you've watched something or you've read something or you've heard something in a song or whatever that has told you already what I'm already saying what I'm saying right now they've told you already that it's just a matter of time it is just a matter of time um so you need to be very very present in what's happening in and around you because I feel like our angels are leaving us signs all of the time to let us know what's happening next and um like your future self, even like I spoke about last week, I feel like your future self has left you all of these crumbs to let you know that my G, you're going to be okay. Like everything's going to work out. And also we've come into Scorpio season, but bop Scorpio season, because I am a Scorpio, what am I? I'm a Scorpio moon, Venus, Mercury, and all of them man there. So Scorpio definitely has that feeling. It's, 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 it's basically Scorpio is the one that deals with death and rebirth right so that's why I wasn't shocked when these cards came out in reverse and everything because it's that it's that moment almost of dying it's that moment but I don't even it doesn't even feel like a death in this position or in you know in this position in our lives I feel like it almost feels like a slumber you have to rest because you don't have energy for that race or to continue that race if you haven't rested it's like when people do them ultra marathons they don't literally run all of that way with no rest they just do like long stints they have a bit of rest and then they go the you know for the next stint of however many kilometers that's how our lives are you're in a moment of slumber energetically but that slumber is necessary for you to rest because you're going to have to put in some work when everything wakes up when everything charges up you've got to be ready to go it's almost like I see this image that flashes in my mind right now that you're standing on the treadmill and you're trying to figure out how to turn it on um but the moment that's on it's not going to come on in them gradual like slow paces it's literally going to go into a sprint so you better be ready you better have tied your laces your shoelaces because it's about to it's really about to pop off so it being scorpio season we're going to have um halloween this week and also we're going to have day of the dead um I think like Eastern Europe and um, some places it's the 1st of November. And I've always found it interesting the way that like um, my partner's family, how they interact with the dead. Um, because the first time that we went to go and visit my partner's dad at the cemetery, I was like, eh? <laughs> like they, like my partner's mum, she goes regularly. She just goes like, she's just going to like go to the shop or whatever. She goes to the gravesite. The, um regularly she goes to the cemetery regularly like she cleans the headstone she puts new flowers like it's it's not it's not like oh now they're dead we've buried them we leave them there and we only go and visit them on special occasions they very much still make sure that the um the people who have passed away are still a part of the family and i think that that's tr really really important that sometimes also why 
everything feels slow, like I said, is because you're missing out on the signs that your, or omens that your spirit guides and your angels and, you know, God, all of these signs that they're giving you, but you're also missing out on signs that your ancestors are giving you as well. Because I, until I deeped that my dad communicates with me often, I missed out a lot of signs. Um, I missed out on a hell of a lot of signs because I was just like, ooh, the dead are communicating. This is horrible. Ah, like scared. But that person loved the fuck out of you when they were alive. Why would you be scared of them just because they're not in a physical body? In fact, it's better for them. It's easier for them to show you the expanse of their love now that they're not contained in a meat sack you know and I think I would have alluded to that before but it's very very important to not be scared of those who have passed away especially those who you loved with all of your fucking heart because and they loved you back because they are usually doing so much work to to be aware of things that are happening in and around you and they can see more than you can see because they can see like the whole energetic spectrum and how things are playing out because there's no time to them there's no there's no past present future they can just see everything happening happening as it is so they are trying to let you know that oh hey girl this is happening hey boo this is happening but because you're like oh my god no dead people don't talk to me you're missing out on those signs like let i'm not telling you to go and use no fucking ouija boards like that did not come out of my fucking mouth all I'm saying is just be open to the energy. Like even if you just try to speak with them, if you don't already have a chat with them in your head and just say like, how are you doing? Let me know how you're doing through like um, maybe an advert that suddenly I see all the time, but just has a different meaning. Maybe it's an inside joke. Just let them know that it's okay for them to um, interact with you. Even if it's through dreams, because I used to be like, look, all of you, man, don't holler at me in the daytime, you know, when I'm awake, because them things scare me. You can talk to me in my dreams. I'm more than happy for that to happen. And so I would have um, certain dreams and I understood things better that way. Um, I'll give you an example. Recently, I had a dream about my aunt, my mum's sister who passed away. And I rarely dream about her, but um, I had a dream and she was a bit annoyed with me, not annoyed with me, like rah, 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 but she was like, rah, you just, you fully try to not check in on me. And I know that, I know that I do that. Like, I know that I somehow block her out a little bit, but um, she was like, you fully try to not check in on me. I wanted you to like make this meal for me and do this and do that. And I was like, so she wants me to make her stew? That's really odd. Like, what am I gonna do with the stew? And I told it to my mum and my mum's really good at interpreting dreams. And she was just like, she wants you to feed people. She wants you to help people, like, you know, give to people, maybe make this um, meal or whatever and and have it given out like a sarah or salah. Yeah, I think that's pronounced differently um you know different people in islam and that but um she just wanted me to do this thing and have a celebration in her name because it it helps her in the spiritual realm as well like i'm making those charitable things to help her in the spiritual realm so my mum helped me with that like i was i bought things and i bought you know ingredients and stuff so we could do this um party and celebrate her but it's also important to you know, like how people pour liquor on the road when someone dies or, you know, pour, pour liquor on the ground when someone dies. You, you don't have to do that once, you know, like you should regularly, those who you love that have passed away, you should regularly do things for them, like leave things out of, for them. I know that this might be um, controversial to those who are just like, oh, no, that's like um, idolatry or whatever. No, it's you 
remembering them and you're just using something physical to show that you remember them whether it's you've left them out a little bit of food or you've left them out a little drink to just be like I honor you I I see you I respect you and I still love you those things matter just because people are no longer in a physical body doesn't mean that you should just dash them aside I don't know if I've just come off on a tang uh, tangent speaking about that but I think it's very very relevant to these cards as well because like I said sometimes the reason that some of us are feeling like our oh, things have slowed down is because we're not paying attention to the ways in which those who have gone before us are letting us know that oh you know you need to do this or you need to do that like be aware of the things that are being asked of you because um it matters um the things the battle that we fight i think it says in the bible is not just of what you see with your physical eyes so it's important that you have all of your team around you not just your physical team that you can see it's important that you have your spiritual team around you as well and that includes your ancestors like them men are powerful so make sure that you are letting them know that you appreciate all the work that they're doing for you daily you don't know all the ways that they save your fucking life um and yeah they just want you to to deep that to be honest and it's interesting that i said that because the card that i pulled out for from the marcella kroll deck is um number 14 past life and what's on it a pyramid a pyramid is on it so i couldn't fucking script this stuff this is brilliant it says here past life you are being drawn to sacred spaces ancient knowledge past lives ancient wisdom and holy gifts the connection to your current relationship or situation has deep roots and it's perhaps much more than you may have anticipated dive into ancient wisdom for your answers at this time drawing this card can indicate past life connections karmic contracts vows commitments or even feelings of atonement draw another card if additional clarity or um, for direction in how to proceed is required you can meditate with the pyramid to access ancient magic create sacred space welcome in informative galactic downloads from the universe and encourage ascension for your body mind and spirit there you go like when I say these things, it's just like, oh, I'm just saying it off the cuff. Like literally, I'm always amazed by how these things come together. But yeah, like I said, Pyramid was in the background of the Knight of Wands. The Chariot is giving us Egyptian vibes, but all of, the, and then this card comes out. So I've always found it interesting how the pyramids were even built and how they perfectly aligned with constellations and just the amount of work that went into that and I think that that was meant to be a, um, like a physical structure to represent and to celebrate all the celestial forces at play um, and there's power in that and we also know that pharaohs and them man were um, that was basically, that was where they were buried, you know, that's where they were kept and there were different chambers for all of their, you know, goods and their luxuries and things like that, their possessions that was in there as well. So it was just this carefully constructed tomb, I guess. Um, but it was a sacred space. It was a carefully constructed sacred space that still paid homage to the heavens. So there's just a lot. I just feel like there's a lot happening there, but you should also remember that, your successes aren't your successes alone. Like I said, like, you know, our blessings aren't blessings if they're not blessing other people, but your successes aren't just yours alone. Your successes are basically the present day manifestation of the work that your ancestors have done and your parents and all of that. It's work that your ancestors have done before you that set you up for this. And you are somebody's ancestor. You right now, you're somebody's ancestor. So your successes matter in the energetic kind of um, 
lineage, you know? So as much as what a lot of us are working to break karmic, you know, um, and generational um, negative energies and curses and that, you're setting into you're setting into play new ones. So remember that when you want to move mad or do certain things or you don't want to honour the calling that that thing that you feel in your heart when you wake up that the thing that you know that you should be doing that you're probably not doing or that you're striving to do and you've lost energy to do it understand that it's imperative that you do it because a descendant of yours in decades to come in centuries to come relies on you right now to do the fucking work that you need to do so they can be the the greatest that they can be you know, so that's that. And then the card that I pulled from the Say Your Mind Affirmation deck is the universe clicks like on my visions of manifestation. This is the card that appears when your guides want you to know that you are on the right path. Your visions of greatness are supported. Keep going. There you go. I've just told you that. I've just told you. Yeah, you are on the right path. You're not doing anything wrong. Don't don't be downhearted like, oh, things aren't moving as fast as I want them to. They're moving at the pace that they need to be moving. And they you like the guides, angels around you just want you to know that. Like, don't be disheartened. There's no point in crying in the middle of the night or going into the toilet at work time, um, you know, at break time or whatever, when you're at work to go and cry because you're just like, fuck this shit, man. I should be somewhere else by now. I should have blown. Your, your everything everything's happening as it should like trust in that and if you want more um solace then let your spirit guides let your ancestors let them interact with you stop blocking them out um you know stop blocking them out psychologically open up that space um even if it's just as you pray you know just say it that you you want to be you want to have these spiritual downloads you want to see what you probably have done before that you need to do differently this time there's no point being here this time if you're not going to do it right yeah so that's that for the cards this week let's move on then to share your magnificence share your magnificence this week i just want to big up all of the all of the gyardem all of my fave people I don't it's not even just girls you know but all of my favorite people who are out here making big moves Oloni baby girl two slaps on your chest my g Oloni's recently recorded her pilot for BBC three uh, my mate's a bad date I think is the title of it um Oloni's been out here doing a lot for for a while and I've watched her grow and I'm as I'm growing and I and I just love it I just love to see um, a bad girl win you know she's doing she's doing really really well and I pray that it gets picked up and we get more episodes because we deserve to see you know black faces um not black face black faces doing wonderful things and doing the things that they enjoy and she enjoys sex and relationships so let's let Oloni thrive in, in, and, and secure her bag, you know? So that was lovely to see. And then I also saw that the homies, the receipts podcast, big up Audrey, bop, big up, um, Tolly, bop, bop, and big up Melena. Ow. <laughs> no, big, big things that they're doing. I see that Sky TV is working on a pilot with them, um, a, a TV version of the Receipts podcast. And God bless you lot, man. God bless you, Aloni. God bless you, the Receipts girls. Like, God bless you lot. Keep doing what you're doing because you've worked so hard. You've worked really, really hard. And the road is never smooth. You know, things happen along the way. 
Um, and it is what it is. The the aim is that we keep going and we we don't give up. So I'm really happy for them. And I'm glad that TV stations are kind of, or TV networks are clocking onto this whole um, seeing a podcast live type of vibe because The Read, obviously you all know how much I love The Read and I've been watching The Read on Fuse, the, the TV version of their podcast. And it's beautiful to see them kind of being in a different arena like I spoke about before like you have expertise in a specific arena you're being asked to transfer those skills to some new terrain and it might feel like at first but you've got this and they and I love watching Kid Fury and Crystal kind of grow in that so after the like the second episode I saw them really kind of settling in and I'm looking forward to watching the third episode of um, the read on fuse as well so I'm looking forward to our UK girls you know um, Milena Audrey and Tolly doing what they're doing and having the receipts on TV like like I keep saying I want to see more black faces out here like we deserve it because why are all of us man running to America we're going to America because they don't respect the thing over here but they need to start respecting the thing so big up yourselves I'm super super proud of you all and Ghislaine Kinuani she's um, got a book deal and you know I love Ghislaine I've talked about her on this show before she's um, a psychologist um, brilliant brilliant um, academic incredible academic really straight talking really out here um, interrogating the inherent racism the deeply entrenched racism within psychology and psychotherapy and um, her website race reflections is a great place to go as a white person if you as any person but especially as a white person to go to go and find out about your white fragility and what you can be doing differently and the neuroses of whiteness. She's already written it. So don't be DMing me asking me, what can I do to be a better ally? I've told you now, go and do it. So leave me alone. So big up Ghislaine. She secured a book deal. Very, very happy for her. And I'm ready to buy the book. I'm ready to read it, ready to talk talk about it possibly get her on the show because she's just an incredible woman. And Jessica Dore. Jessica Dore, is it Dore? Jessica Dore. Sorry, Jessica, if I pronounce your name wrong. Jessica's my, one of my favorite um, tarot therapists. She's one of my favorite. She's literally um, a psychotherapist, I think I'm right. Um, As well as um, someone very, very into um, tarot as well. And she mixes the two. And sometimes her tarot meditations are just incredible. Like, I'll talk about a card that I've looked at numerous times and I have my interpretations as we all do of these various cards. But she talks about it from the field of psychotherapy and I'm just like, rah, mad ting. That is incredible. Um, And then I see these cards in many more dimensions and I really appreciate her for that. And this week, or sorry, last week, her book proposal has gone out to publishers and I hope that I know it will get picked up but I hope it gets picked up and it gets picked up for a good amount of money because she deserves the things and I can't wait to buy her book as well because you know I'm just glad I'm just glad that everybody is doing wonderful things and um another show your magnificence goes out to last black man in San Francisco which came out on October 25th I was invited to a screening of it and I went with my good sis Hodan and um it's wonderful it is so wonderful it's so fucking beautiful it's the best film I've seen this fucking year now let me give you a disclaimer here me and you do not always like the same things I've got a very specific type of taste so when I'm saying it's the best film I have seen this year that's with my personal taste and my artistic background yeah Do not now come and tell me about, oh, I watched it and I just felt like I didn't get it. And no, 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 nobody asked. Thanks so much. 
it's a slow burner when it starts you're just kind of like um but basically the premise of it is that this guy um he's um well two friends actually they're two friends um very interesting friendship because one seems very much like um a geek and then the other one has been like in in you know in children's homes like his parents are um drug addicts um or were drug addicts um so he's had it pretty rough growing up but but they they're friends and basically jimmy is the one that was in the children's home and monty is the one that's kind of like this interesting sort of like geek this bookish kind of theater loving geek um they're trying to reclaim the house that jimmy says it's his grandfather's and these white people are living in it and he's trying to reclaim this house um because people believe that it was built in a certain period and he's like no actually it was built in 1946 by my granddad and he was the first black man in san francisco and everything else uh and it's just interesting the journey that they go on and also how they um analyze black masculinity how they um, analyze toxic masculinity and what i think one of the things that i love the most about it was how they humanize drug addicts um we see a scene where he um, he sees his mom we see a scene where he interacts with his dad and it's just so possible to depict people in a way that gives them integrity that not even gives them integrity, but it conveys their integrity because they already had the integrity to begin with, but it conveys their integrity. It's beautifully filmed. My God, it is fucking beautiful to just look at cinematically. It's incredible. But the storyline for me, it spoke of what, how, what do we call home? What is home? You know, so when we say like people are homeless, are they homeless because what makes a home or do they just not have a house you know um so these things are interesting um and the stories that we pass down generation after generation and what stories do we tell ourselves to protect ourselves from heartbreak and what stories do we tell ourselves to keep other people out there's so many things there that were happening that it's it's just simply beautiful and if i can i will try to get an interview with jimmy fells who's um because it's, he's in it he's the one that plays jimmy he plays himself in this semi-autobiographical uh it's just wonderful. I'd, I want to try and get an interview with him at some point because I just love how he went about doing this, um, how he went about creating this with his friend. Uh, and I see that it was uh, produced by Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's uh, production company. Interesting to me because he's also the one I think that did 12 Years a Slave as well um, and some other bits. So I, I just feel like I don't know Brad Pitt's personal politics, but I appreciate that at least his money in some ways is helping black people to bring their creative works to the fore. I, I'm really appreciating that. So, yeah, I'm hoping I can get to speak with Jimmy Fells. And before that, I didn't have um, a male. I didn't really have a male actor that I thought banged like that. That was my favorite. Um, unless I fancied them. But Jonathan Majors, who plays Mont's, Monty Mont in um, this film, he's my new favourite actor, like my male, new favourite male actor. He's absolutely brilliant in it. He's fantastic how he, just his characterization, his timing, like his internal dialogue. He is fucking brilliant. I really, really enjoyed watching him in this uh, film. And there's a particular scene where all the men are standing outside and they are arguing or, you know, 
you know, posturing and they're trying to get one of them to go and beat up a guy that basically chatted shit to him or whatever and they were shouting over each other doing the most doing the most and Monty walks up to them and he goes brilliant brilliant performance guys brilliant brilliant um this could be different this could be different and they didn't get it and I just thought in that moment that was a brilliant piece of writing that was beautifully executed the you know speaking to the way that masculinity is performed by black men how it's performed um is what he was speaking to and they were just like oh fuck off you weirdo um you you're not a director stop trying to direct us but it was a performance it really was and i just loved it i really really loved it it won't be for everyone I'm telling you that from now, but for me, it was exactly what I want to see in cinema. No women were objectified. You know, it was just beautifully, beautifully done and nothing hit you. They didn't continue continuously like hit you over the head with certain narratives. They just left you to it. They just kind of put it there and let it float. Um, there's so many things I could say about the movie, but I just think it's best that you go and watch it if you want to watch it. So like I said, it came out on October 25th. So it's out right now. And Tashina Arnold, you were wonderful. You're so pretty. I love your face. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. So that's my magnificence. And I think I've got a magnificence letter. So let me check my magnificence letters to see who's been writing in and, and talking the things. Um, thank you, Annie. You wrote in and I responded to you. We've been having convos. Thank you for that. And, um, just the baby girl is the title of this. It says, dear Kalechi, I want to nominate you and your podcast for share your magnificence as your words have com comforted me and propelled my healing over the past few months. I'm the young lady who cried ugly Kim K tears in your twerk shop a few months back at the Hoxton. I know my mum reached out to you, but I wanted to thank you personally for the safe space you created and all those women, including yourself, who loved on me hard when I was still figuring out how to love myself. Through this most recent uh, journey of healing after splitting with a dutty ex whose words and actions were sugar-coated toxicity the SYM podcast has given me the push I need to discover who I am and the person I'm becoming and I can honestly say I'm head over heels in love with her that's wonderful it took me a while to warm to the tarot but I must say it's becoming one of my favorite parts because it continues to drag me to the moon and back especially your most recent episode for all the women who thought they were mad okay god I heard you loud and clear that day I could write an essay about the way the SYM um, SYM look at me the aff in me coming out that uh, SYM has impacted my life but the real ones will already know Wagwan because I'm sure it's touched countless souls the way it's touched mine thank you Kalechi we appreciate you and congratulations to you and your partner on the birth of your lion he's truly blessed to have you as a mother P.S. I nominate my dutty ex for straw of the week for thinking that I can't change for the better I'm different now boo and you won't find me where you left me I've grown whoop beautiful thank you thank you for that energy loved it loved it so that's to share your magnificence for this week big up all of yourselves like i've said i think you're all doing wonderful things two slaps on your chest wherever you are right now i appreciate you i appreciate you greatly anyway that's it for all of the niceties let's get into the bullshit the bullshit so i've only got one thing for so you mad this week um and it's about tank it's about tank so Tank is a singer. I, you know, there are some of his songs that I love and he's not a bad looking guy by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but um, 
I've got my reservations about him, but I'll get into that shortly. Anyway, Tam, uh, Tank was on Lip Service, the podcast, um, and he was they were interviewing him. So he was on the Lip Service podcast and they were chatting to him and he basically gave this uh, analogy, I guess, or this anecdote, I don't know what to call it, when um, he said... So a guy sucks dick once, he's not sure whether he likes it. So he sucks dick again and decide, decides that he doesn't like it. That doesn't make him gay, he's still straight. And since then, everybody has been given their two pence about what that could possibly mean about Tank's sexuality, because I know that since then he's been um, talking about um, homophobia and all of them things. But... um yeah they are basically like oh you know what is he straight because he doesn't sound like it he's you know he's really saying all of this stuff and you know how can a guy who um has sucked dick twice allegedly um you know not about himself but if we're saying hypothetically this guy has sucked dick twice how can he still be straight and all i really got from looking at that situation was just like this is why black men don't tell you a lot of things this is why cis het um um cis het black men um, cis um, gendered heterosexual black men this is why they don't tell you a lot of things yeah because you're so limited in how you think about things you're so limited it's funny to sing along to I kissed the girl and I liked it you're, you can sing along to that. It's all right for women to have explored their sexuality as it were and turn around and go yeah you know when a vagina was actually put in front of my face, I thought, you know what, allow it, not on them things there. But I do find women attractive. Like there's so much space allowed for women to, um, to figure out these things. But when it comes to men, it's just like, oh my God, how, what do you, you know, there's that episode. I've, that's probably why I mentioned Insecure. Ooh, that episode where Molly stops dating that guy because he said that, oh, in, in college he experimented, um, and she just couldn't continue dating him. And I know that everyone will have their personal preference and be, and you'll probably be listening to this and you'll be like, I'm not homophobic, but I would not date a guy who has done things with guys or is bi or whatever. I wouldn't date him. You can say you're not homophobic if you want to, but I promise you you're homophobic. I promise you. And that's not me like denigrating you or that's not me going, you're a bad person. The same way people are, you know, how people feel about racism. Like you tell them that they're racist and they're like, I'm not racist. I'm a nice person. Um, me calling you a homophobe isn't me necessarily talking about your character as it were, but the same way that racism is here and it's a mechanism. So is homophobia and all of it are part and parcel with white supremacist patriarchy. And they're all there to, uh, to perform a, a specific function. And that's where we find ourselves. You've grown up in a society that's told you that men are this and men are that. And for men to be anything outside of the parameters of what you've been taught, instantly you've been programmed to not find them attractive and to put them to one side. All of us have been taught that. And it's something that we definitely, definitely need to question because I know that I I had all of the gay friends queer friends in the world yet whoo my homophobia I just think back on it how we used to go raving at heaven back in the day heaven bootylicious bump you know um all of them places that we used to go and I'd be out here literally at these gay clubs right um I'd be out here and a moment one 
nonsense person piss me off just like a random person who's just a dickhead i'd be like go and burn in hell you rare 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 you rare 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 and i'm literally standing with my gay best friends out and they're looking at me saying this and i we're you know we're talking where are we talking about we're talking about 2005 here and I just think back to that and I just think, rah, the things that ignorance lets you get away with. Like, how must my friends have felt to, for me to be like, I love you, let's go to this club, let's go to that club. Even my family members, oh, I love you, let's go here, let's go there. But then we'll be out and someone will piss me off and the first thing I'll reach for is homophobic slurs. Like, that's fucking mad, that's fucking mad. And I've had to spend so long trying to unlearn all of that bullshit. Um... And I'm still not done, you know, because I don't think you're ever done. If I've spent, at that point, I'd spent, what, 20, no, 2005. I'd I'd spent a good amount of time anyway. I'd spent like 18, 19 years at that point believing a specific thing and thinking it was okay to believe that. And having to start unlearning that, it's going to be a lifetime. It's going to be a lifetime of work. Um, So the reason I say that is because, yeah, you, you... you could meet a guy that's like, oh yeah, you know, I like to date whoever, you know, I'm, I'm not fast. And instantly he's like, no, no, I can't rock with him. Why? Because if you look at it, I'm sure some of the reasons that you have are homophobic, definitely homophobic. So, and it's funny because you don't know what half of these guys that you, that you do date, you don't know half the things that they get up to. And I still maintain that there is something extremely extremely homoerotic about the fact that you like to run train on girls as you guys like to call it oh i ran a train on her i ran a train on her all i'm hearing there is that there was one girl and there was 50 11 of you man so why don't you just take the girl out of it because she's only there to make you all feel comfortable about being sexual around each other so just take the girl out and fuck each other like it's, it's just it's just really, really weird to me. It's very, very weird to me. I know guys who are just like, oh, I remember one guy um, uh, I was seeing years and years and years ago who said to me, you know what? Me and Redacted were fucking one girl, yeah? And like, I saw him in one hole, like, and I'm like there, like she's, she's, she's giving me head and he's fucking her. And like, I was just like, my G, you know, like, my G, like, we're doing this. Don't ask me why I dated him. Like, I've told you, dickhead in recovery is what I am. But, you know, he was telling me this. And I just thought, if you're so into what's happening on the other end of this woman, as you and your guy are having sex with her, I think you want to have sex with your guy. I just think maybe you should take her out of it. And I also think that this is why men enjoy going to strip clubs as well it's not just about the female bodies or the bodies that are on stage it's not just about them it's about having a sort of weird communion um and and acknowledging their sexuality but using women to be there so they can acknowledge it in the presence of other men can't explain it it's probably something i need to write about but I just basically think that leave people alone to explore their sexuality. They're exploring it safely. That means it's none of your business because you'll all be concerned about, oh, I couldn't date a man who slept with men because I've got to think of my health, which is a very funny statement to make when most times you guys are fucking people bareback everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. The amount of stories that I see that Ohlone posts about, oh, and then I slept with this guy this day and then I didn't use the protection and then I slept with this guy. So I just think 
so you're concerned about catching something, but you're sleeping with lots of people without protection. Sleep with lots of people if you want. It's that pr- not having protection bit that bothers me. But in the same breath, you and your homophobic self will be like, that's the reason that you can't date a man who sleeps with other men. It's really weird. And also the labels fucking weird me out because who is even straight? I mean, some of you will swear up and down that you are. Okay, fine, fine. But I can't join you there. I really cannot join you there. Not with my history. Um, I, I cannot, but it's just, it's just interesting. Like, why don't you just experience the person as you're experiencing them and not worry about who they've been with before? It just seems rather possessive and territorial and just really odd and, yeah, I don't get it. So basically in that vein, that's why I, I, those who think, oh, they, they're looking at Tank funny now because he, he said that you're weirdos. If you want a reason to look at Tank funny, I will give you that reason. In 2014, there's a, this is the main reason why I don't fuck with Tank. So you, you'll know as much as I like his music. In 2014, I remember vividly Tank tweeting about why don't dark skinned women like light skinned women? Um, and Essence, I think wrote about it. So it says here, um, this is what he tweeted in 2014 what do dark-skinned women have against light-skinned women aren't we all black at the end of the day and it says here in the essence article um well, no, this, they said Singer Tank sparked a Twitter war of words last night after he tweeted a question asking why dark-skinned women dislike light-skinned women I have an honest question, he tweeted. What do dark-skinned women have against light-skinned women? Aren't we all black at the end of the day? It's still unclear what prompted the singer to tweet the question on this particular day, but he did mention that his Facebook fans react negatively to pictures of his lighter-skinned girlfriends. You should check the comments on my page when I post my light-skinned girlfriend and maybe you'll understand the frustration. To me, that's the day that Tank confirmed that he's a colorist and he's a pussy class. So I don't care who Tank wants to fuck. I, in terms of whatever they gender, they identify as, da, 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 that's not my issue. I don't care about his sexual orientation. I care about the fact that he's a colorist, clearly clearly because we didn't say light-skinned girlfriend we said light-skinned girlfriends you know so this is a pattern that he has and look how he posed the question what do dark-skinned women have against light-skinned women as if it's not a two-way street as if for centuries light-skinned women haven't moved like they're better than darker-skinned women and we still see it happen today with Steph London and the the bullshit that she used to write Maya Jama and all of them people like it's 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 about it's about that light-skinned women definitely feel superior to dark skinned women so when darker skinned women react to that they're the ones who are vilified again because of the way that colorism has been set up because of racism um that's the issue that what's darker is masculine it's less attractive it's this it's that what's lighter is beautiful it's feminine whatever else and um a lot of dark-skinned men they uphold this they are the ones i feel that are the main ones that uphold this bullshit um and so when he wrote that, he didn't write it in a way that would make it sound like both sides have a part to play in this. And actually, they can't be the ones at fault. They're existing within a system that's set the hierarchy. He doesn't ex- he doesn't examine, he doesn't even try to understand the hierarchy that's in place because of racism. It's instantly, what do dark-skinned black, um, dark-skinned women have against lighter-skinned women? So 
for me, it's like, oh, what I always hear guys saying, like, oh, dark-skinned women are bitter. Why are they bitter? Like, you can't talk about color and colorism. You can't call out certain people for the ways that they've behaved and the colorist tweets that they used to write without some dickhead, without some dickhead with an unwashed anus coming forward to be like, oh, man, what's the problem? What's the problem? You guys are just bitter, man. Why are you always bringing shit up? Why are you always bringing shit up? It's been brought up for this reason. So... You can have all of the issues that you want um, with Tank's sexuality, even though we don't know whether he was talking about himself. You can have all the issues you want with that because I'm not joining you there. But where I will join you is his colorism that I just think has so far gone unaddressed because a lot of you man weren't on Twitter when it was like fiery back in the day. Like I've been on Twitter, what, since like 2007 or something. So I was there in the midst of all the fuckery. And when he tweeted that, I just thought you're a dickhead and I've never forgotten it. Um, and so many light-skinned women jumped up that day and they're like, oh my God, thank you, Tank. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Like dark-skinned women, you know, they just be coming at me funny for no reason because I can't help that I got good hair. I got good hair and I got light eyes. I can't help that. You've got good hair. You've got good hair, do you, love? Do you, love? You've got good hair. So what does everybody else have if they don't have your type of hair? Bad hair? Fucking mug. Fucking dickhead. Get in the bin. You know? So it's just, it's very, very interesting to me. It's very interesting to me that he thinks that someone would have forgotten that tweet because I haven't forgotten the streets. Don't forget. The Twitter streets, don't forget. So, um, yeah, I just think it's important to um, be aware of these things and give black men the space all black men the space to explore in a way that they want to explore so they don't need to keep lying to you about the holidays that they're going to with their mandem because you're out here thinking that he's going to go and be fucking one um letitia and rashida when actually he just wants to go and spend time with paul you know so just just give people space is what i'm saying give people space and if you feel like you're not there in the level of your growth and your journey then just stay away from people who are um that's fine i guess and and just keep your comments to yourself is all I really want to say um so that's that for so you mad so let's get then into straw of the week aka suck your mother suck your mum. my first straw of the week my only straw of the week for me coming from me goes out to Rory Stewart Rory Stewart is a pussy club um he's a former Tory who's now like an independent who um, wants to run for a mayor of London and he also wants to run for prime minister. There's a video that he records. He does these things where he goes out and about on walks and he records them. So this one he did earlier in the summer, I think. But it's only come up now because he did an event recently where he, he mentioned the video, this specific video, and then he referred to the um, black men in the video, the three black men in that video with him as minor gangsters. It's really interesting because if you look at this video, these guys just look like any guys that you'd see on Brick Lane. You know, the black guys that like to do too much with their fashion fashion um, on Brick Lane. They literally just looked like that like nothing about them said gangster but you know when it comes to white people all black people are gangsters as far as they're concerned so he's on this walk 
and he sees the three black guys. He walks up to them and basically starts interrogating them like he's one of the boy them, like like one of the police officers. He's like, oh, um, so where are you from then? Um, why are you in this area? And they were like, oh, we're from Ireland, which I thought was interesting. But he was like, oh, they're like, we're from Ireland. He's like, so how long have you been here? You know them questions that police just love to ask you, basically to find out why, what is the purpose of you being in this area? Like based, there are some white people, especially white men that literally do not know how to communicate with black men or black people generally so all they do is go into this default where they're not having a conversation with you they are interrogating you um and that is again another function of white supremacy and trying to uphold their stance as the one that should get to ask all of the questions which is just very weird and very smelly so he asked them all these questions and you know they're just like the moment he says they i think they ask him like what's the purpose of this and he's like oh i'm a politician i'm running for prime i want to run for prime minister or something like that and they're like oh skirt we're out we don't like politics we don't want to talk about this and they go and obviously i have issues with people black people especially going we don't like politics we don't talk politics but they just wanted to get as far away from him as possible and they went they were very well mannered there was nothing that happened i mean one guy just decided that he wanted to do the most in front of the camera but just everyday effervescent you know living their best life black guys they do that and they walk away and that was the end of that video so to now know that he went and did an event where he refers to the video and he refers to them as minor gangsters, basically going like, oh, you know, I interact with all different parts of our society, you know, from this person to, you know, the minor gangsters that we've seen in this video. Suck your mum, you dickhead. Suck your mum, you absolute prick. And I hope your mum gets stew in her vagina when you suck it out, Stuart, you fool. Because why is it that blackness for a lot of these people, a lot of white people is synonymous with um criminality of course we know why obviously it's a rhetorical question we know why because whiteness is a is just shit it's just shit as a construct whiteness is shit and only exists to um extinct um to um extinguish blackness um and to, to make us extinct basically and to annihilate us so it was just it was just very fucked up but you know what's fucked up the most big up rastanasta at rastanasta for getting me this information What's fucked up the most is that he was the one that was in charge of prisons when he was taught, um, you know, part of the Tory cabinet. He was in charge of prisons and he had this initiative called 10 Prisons Initiative where he chose the 10 most notorious prisons and he wanted to get the drug and violence rates down in those prisons. Do you know that when he started this initiative, the drug and violence rate went down because the inmate deaths went up? So I just wonder, did you just give permission for the prison guards and whatever to treat these people in a manner that killed them? It's the only thing that comes to mind. Like The only way you could get the rates down is to have certain people killed, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying that you killed them with your bare hands. I'm saying that whatever you put in place, whatever you allowed them to do as, as, um, as a policy that you rolled out, as like a framework that you rolled out, definitely saw a significant rise in prisoner deaths. So you now com commending yourself. He wrote a tweet where he was just like, let me even get the tweet up because I've got a shot of it. But he basically wrote that, oh yeah, well done to us, basically. He said, really pleased to see violence and drugs down in these key prisons. Huge thanks due to some very hardworking governors and prison officers getting the basics right. I may not have to resign. Oh, wait. So he's saying it as if like, oh, you know, I've got to resign because this, uh, this, um, 
party is absolute shit. Well, no, I think if you stayed longer, you should have resigned because you basically got people killed. That's what happened. You have blood on your hands, whether directly or indirectly, you have blood on your hands. Whatever punitive measures you allowed to take place were obviously punitive measures that meant that these prisoners died. And it really, really bothers me because people already know how I feel about prisons anyway, that they're not rehabilitative in the slightest and they're only there as punitive measures and they can fuck right off because they only disproportionately target black people. And that's why he would see them as minor gangsters, you know, these guys, these black guys that he saw on the street because he's only ever looking for people to fill these prisons, even though he's not, you know, working um, within this capacity anymore. He's only ever looking for people to fill these prisons. That's all he sees black men as, minor gangsters. Like what, I, I tweeted at him and I was just like, what in fact is your gangster meter? Me too, I want that meter so I can use it when I'm doing my daily works, to, uh, my, my daily walks and work out who's a gangster and who's not. Give me that too so I can be using it because I don't even fucking understand. It's actually very, very wild at this point. Um, and he's someone that we should watch closely. Please do not giggle with him and 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 um, laugh with him the way that you man laugh with Boris Johnson. Because look at where Boris Johnson is now. We do not want Rory Stewart. I think he's even out of the running. I don't know. But now he's an independent. Maybe he can still run. I don't know. But we do not want Rory Rory Stewart as um, a fucking mayor of London. We don't want him as anything because that's a surefire way of him trying to get into being a prime minister. He can fuck off. And he can suck his mother until they're both dehydrated. I hope he gets no juice out of his mother. And she is there struggling and becoming dehydrated. And he too is becoming dehydrated like the prick that he is. It says here... um, the 10 Prisons Project was announced in August 2018 by the then Prisons Minister Rory Stewart and aimed to tackle drugs, discipline and violence. Prisoner deaths increased by 20% in the 11 months since the initiative was launched compared to the previous year, according to data from the Ministry of Justice and the Charity Inquest. Um, it says here, Deborah Coles, the director of Inquest, said the focus was reducing violence and criminality with no consideration of the underlying issues which foster these behaviours in prison. This was a fundamentally flawed vanity project which resulted in an increased number of people dying. Ministers have been largely silent on this issue. The relentless focus on the issues of violence and drugs may have brought some short-term relief. However, this focus was, has abjectly failed to guarantee the health and safety of prisoners. Punitive regimes do not foster safety. They intensify the problems inside, alienate prisoners and reproduce the conditions that generate self-harm and self-inflicted deaths. They are more, not less, dangerous. Harsh regimes are a complacent, simplistic response to a complex problem. And that is exactly it. He just took a heavy handed approach. And basically that's why people started dying because he didn't want to even sit there, consider post-traumatic stress disorder, consider neurodiverse, um, you know, neurodiversity. He didn't want to consider all of the factors that could be in place as to why people behave a particular way and why they would have even ended up in prison in the first place. But of course he wouldn't. He used to be a Tory. So he's just part of the racist structure of this country. That's all he knows. And all he knows is to try to kill black people as far as I'm concerned. So, Rory Stewart, with all of my heart, I want you to suck your mother. And that's all there is to it. Um, The last straw of the week is being handed out by one of our listeners. And it says here, good morning, Kalechi. First, let me start by saying how much I love your podcast. It's made such a huge impact on my life and discovering it coincided with some decades overdue therapy. So it's been incredible listening in tandem. May the source of all continue to guide your growth and shower blessings upon 
blessings to you and your precious family unit. Amen. Thank you. My recommendation for straw of the week is the entire blood clot British government, specifically those responsible for the second updated response to the petition, RE Improving Maternal Care for Black British Women. The first response was an insult and I had some small, small hope that they truly recognised this and would give us some proper solutions to this crisis. Instead, they decided that the first insult wasn't enough and they wanted to rewrite it so they can emphasise they don't give a shit. Instead of reassessing how they can take practical steps to rid NHS Ghanaian obstetrics um, of racism uh, and make improvements with continuation of care and postpartum wellness, they decided to include white women in their pool of people they are offering this help to. Yes, the same white women that are campaigning to receive the same, that we are campaigning to receive the same care as. White women in comparison that we are five times more likely to die in childbirth than Admittedly, they have said white women from poorer areas, but that isn't the point. Because of their blatant refusal to admit that racism is at the heart of this, they have decided to all lives matter our cause. Instead of addressing us black women that shouted at them, they're now speaking to the air to cover their shame and I'm disgusted to the pit of my stomach. Now all of these promises that they have said they will implement by 2024, come 31st of December 2023, it will be us black British women that have will have received the least of the benefits promised and the white women at the top of the pregnancy food chain getting seconds of the meal they already enjoyed abundantly. I'm not against everyone getting quality care during pregnancy and the postpartum period, but it wasn't everyone that has been screaming till our voices are hoarse from for the change. It's been black women, but yet again, others will be standing on our heads to get what we demanded. I don't like to wish bad on people, but every single one of those that had a hand in putting together, drafting, reading, but not objecting to, and sent out this email to us, should take their tightest straw they can find and suck their entire maternal lineage dry. Dry till there's nothing left but dry bones and dust. Thank you for your time. Lots of love. RA. Thank you. Thank you so much. I couldn't agree more. Fuck them. Of course, that's the only way they're going to get around it because they don't want to admit the very obvious that it's a racialized and gendered um, issue as to why um, black women are five times more likely to die in this country during childbirth in comparison to white women. So they'll feed in working class people. That's what they like to do. They like to conflate race with class. So we um, lose scent lose the scent as to what we're trying to do out here. I haven't lost any motherfucking scent. I can still smell you dusty ass bitches. And I know what we asked for and what we asked for is what we want to get. Okay. So anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, remember, remember to share the podcast, like, rate, review the thing, do all of them things there. Follow me on at Say Your Mind Pod or at Kalechnikov. Remember to tweet about the thing, share um, your views with me and do continue to send me letters. I love reading them. Even if I don't get a chance to always respond to all of them, I appreciate you greatly. And just, yeah, keep everything moisturized. Like I said, if you aren't about letting people express themselves and their sexuality, leave them alone and sit in a cold, dank room by yourself. That's all that's asked of you. Big up all of the people that I shared for Share Your Magnificence. I appreciate you greatly. Remember what I said in the tarot this week give space for your ancestors to contact you remember that you are somebody's ancestor um and keep all of them things in mind and have a wonderful week and if i can i'll catch you next week
Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Be sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.